Hey, Hotel Tech Insiders, this is Jordan Hollander, and today on the show we have Roy Alpert. Roy is widely known as a branding guru in the hotel industry, where he's credited with starting the luxury hostling movement in the United States. Roy is also an angel investor with an incredible portfolio, and he's been an early adopter of hotel technology products like Porter and Sale, Voyette, and Stay in Touch. Welcome, Roy. Yep, thanks for having me. Roy, I'd love to get started by talking about your background and how you got into the industry. Yeah, sure. So I grew up uh, in Los Angeles and lived in uh, Israel for most of high school, but grew up in a family that did a lot of entertaining, which was sort of where I learned about hospitality and bringing people together, which I think is sort of why I decided to get into the business. Um, I went to college in Miami, which, you know, hospitality is sort of the main industry down there. And I'd say that's where I got sort of exposed to to the hotel business. Um, so always wanted to sort of be in it and Miami exposed that to me. And then uh, I moved to New York for graduate school and upon that uh, joined the Sedell Group. So that was my most recent position there was with working with them as a partner and director of the Freehand, which was like an upscale uh, hostel concept, um, really with the idea that uh, there wasn't a great hostel product in the United States. Traveling in the U.S. for young people is very difficult. There wasn't a place that kind of brought people together, but also offered sort of the design and food and beverage that, you know, we sort of seek. Um, so that was sort of the concept behind Freehand was sort of integrating the social experience of a hostel, but also having... Uh, destination food and beverage and, and the focus design, not to mention like the the basic things like security and cleanliness that just are not a given in the hostel space. And now I'm really left to pursue some other projects focused around, you know, creative use of real estate through hospitality, uh, not necessarily brand focused, but just how do we sort of maximize an asset through hospitality? I think hospitality's crept into all sorts of areas in real estate that are not always hotel, are, uh, as in sort of the apartment space, uh, co-working. So those, that's sort of what I'm focused on. When Freehand first started, it seemed like it almost became an overnight sensation by tapping into a demand and a customer segment that wasn't really being served by the hotel industry at large. Can you talk about who that segment was and what it was about Freehand that really resonated with them? Yeah, I mean, I think... When we launched Freehand, it was actually right around when Instagram came out. So really capitalizing on social media to create awareness about the brand and let people know about it was kind of a unique time because people were really taking to that platform. So I definitely spent a lot of time figuring out how to create awareness through that platform. You know, we opened during our Basel week, which was definitely a, a great time to get people to the right people into the space and to share some of the activities that were going on there. That was key. Uh, you know, I think adapting technology through social media is obviously, I mean, now it's a given, but back then it was kind of a little, it was innovative because it was, it was just starting. Yeah. I think even in a more mature market today, hotels have a difficult time getting engagement on social media. What do you think they're doing wrong? I think a combination of all those things. I agree with you that a lot of hotels try to put this content out that feels a little forced. I think because it's a young brand and just the nature of the customer that was coming there, 
that it all seemed, it was, it was just very authentic and organic. We definitely encourage people to promote their experience, but they have to be actually experiencing something great so that they want to share it. So I think the goal is really to give people that great experience and hope they share it, but they don't, but you can't really force people to do it. And I think when you do that, it, it's pretty obvious. Now, I know social media wasn't the only technology that you pioneered uh, in your career. Can you talk about some of the other technologies that you adopted and what your general philosophy is when it comes to bringing technology into the hotel industry? Yeah. I mean, I think the goal with, with that brand was how do we connect between people as much as possible? And Boyad in particularly was enabled a really interesting way to do that. Um, I think there's a few goals that you have when you're opening a hotel. One is figuring out how to create awareness that you exist, which is sort of step one. And social media is a great way to do that. Um, and the other is to build direct business. So once people are aware, you just get them to book through you versus all the other channels. Um, so, so Boya helped, helped us do both those. You know, the Wi-Fi system online allowed to get a lot of data on our customer. So we were able to market directly to them. And it also created like a Facebook integration where you, when you were actually going to book your room, you could see who else would be at the property during your booking, which for a brand like Freehand was really because you, you can connect with people, especially if you're sharing. So platform was definitely very helpful for us. One of the goals of Hotel Tech Insider is to help technology companies find new ways to grow. So I'm always curious to hear, how did you first learn about Voyod and, and decide to bring them on board? Kind of, I grew up in LA and live in New York. A lot of my friends work in startups. I have a lot of relationships like, with people in the tech space. So okay. I've just been fortunate to get connected with people. Is it, is it safe to say that without that relationship, you might not have heard of them or adopted that product? That would be, that was the case. I'd met somebody. I was definitely thinking about how to do that, but we were small. It was a small team. I did not have people researching the latest technology. It was more, it was a little more reactive in that sense where I see something great and I'd be like, wow, that'd be awesome if we can do that, figure out who the right person is to speak to about that. Or oftentimes people just approach me. Yeah. And did you think about Voya in terms of an ROI or was it a general business need that you had that you felt they could satisfy I'd say the latter. I mean, it's very difficult, I think, still to really nail down the ROI on a lot of these. Porter and sale was also a relationship of mine, um, where, again, it was kind of, there's no real downside to doing it. Um, they had created a lot of great content, and uh, I thought it would be interesting to work with them and see. Also, just as a case study, because it was our first property, like if I wanted to open more properties, uh, potentially developing our own app just to see like how people interact. And how did you think about building your own app? I think when you're launching a brand, if to think about building an app, one, you have to make sure the app can do something that a website can't do. People get a lot very excited about creating an app, but oftentimes you can achieve a lot of what the apps can do with just a really good website. So um, right. I think that was sort of the key, the key thing there. Yeah, I think unless you have a large corporate loyalty base who's using the app consistently for bookings and point redemptions, it's hard to get that engagement. So taking a quick step back, I know marketing was a major part of your success. Can you talk about your approach to selecting the right partner from a technology and marketing perspective? I do like to work with companies that um, aren't working with all the competitors in that space. So, you know... I wouldn't go to a web agency that's also working with like three or four other hotels. I think that there's a lot of information that an agency can 
gain that you need to be careful, especially if you're developing innovative concepts and ideas that, that those ideas that aren't being used with other brands. So I think, I think word of mouth, I think kind of taking someone who's not everywhere in that industry is, is really important. And then somebody that can really execute all of it, really, meaning there's a lot of agencies that will do the design or will do some marketing, but they don't actually oversee the technology side. Like I want, I think it's important to have a one-stop shop where somebody can build the website, design it, update content. And, you know, if they also can help with marketing and social media, then that's great. Not all of them do all those things. They end up just being project managers and you're not really getting to speak directly with the people building your site. Right. And what do you prioritize when you look for a vendor like that? Yeah. Well, one, did they, can they deliver on time what you need? Like, did they actually deliver what you needed? By the, and did they say that, did they do what they said they were going to do? Depends, like, were they able to kind of interpret what you wanted? Meaning, I think a lot of these agencies are being hired by really sort of corporate groups that are kind of looking for them to play, handle all creative. But when you have a brand in mind and or something very specific that you're creating, um, while you do want to get creative feedback, um, you know, not all agents just want to sort of execute your vision. They all have their own ideas. So it's really important that you can work with someone that's really willing to, that, that will listen to what you actually want. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit here and talk about some of your angel investing. I think it's so fascinating that you're not just uh, a branding expert and an operator, but you've had incredible successes on the investing side. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I try to invest in companies that I can and are in this is where I ident- identify the problem that they're solving and that it somehow relates to me. Um, so it's kind of happened in a really organic way where somebody's like starting a business. I'm like, yeah, I've had that problem. I think it's a great idea. Here's how I can do things. So some of the companies yeah. that I'm invested in includes uh, Sweetgreen, um, which is another example of a company. So, you know, I'll help them find the right location. Like I put them at the Nomad Hotel, for example, and uh, gotcha. knew that that would be sort of a huge platform for them to be in New York City because at the time they were DC-based. I'm an investor in a company called Parachute, which is a direct-to-consumer betting company, which is also making a push in hospitality with their Parachute Hotel, which they opened above their retail store and sort of getting their product into hotels. I'm an investor in a company called Sir Kensington, which is an artisanal. I am an investor in Toledo, which is a technology solution for restaurants. So all these thoughts were providing great solutions to businesses. Uh, with, with, a, with a little bit of a focus on wellness, that's definitely an area that is interesting. Separately, you know, I look a lot of these sort of direct-to-consumer businesses that are taking sort of more traditional experiences, but adding better branding, offering them direct-to-consumer. Uh, I think it's kind of an unparalleled time for all those businesses to change and evolve from betting companies to toothbrushes. I mean, anything you think of can be branded in a way that's more modern and relevant. Right. It's really the Warby Parker effect where you cut out the middleman and go direct to consumer to control the brand like you did at Freehand. A lot of the members of this group are in B2B businesses. Can you talk about your approach there? On the B2B side, I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunities because it's a little more, you know, the, the, the clientele is more loyal and a little less fickle and it's not dependent upon building a brand, but it's sort of dependent on 
the entrepreneur being aggressive and knocking on doors. And if he has the right product and the right solution, he'll be successful. Where, you know, the, the direct-to-consumer business is a little more challenging with sort of conversion and how much you're spending to get customers. Speaking of B2B, are there any problems for guests or hotel operators that you think are yet to be solved by technology? I know you have a bit of a wellness focus on your consumer side of your investments. Uh, Is that the same approach for hotels? Yeah, I do. I think sacrificing your routine when you travel seems to be like a given and it shouldn't be. You should be able to get something healthy to eat, be able to exercise and be able to, you know, continue with your mindful practice, whatever that is, yoga, meditation, and not have to sacrifice it when you're traveling. And it used to be, okay, I'm going away for a couple of days. Like I just won't eat healthy and I just won't work out. But now I think travels, you know, people on the road have their schedule and they can't afford to not be able to do those things. And the gym is generally the last thing a hotel thinks about when they're developing. And it's still a challenge to get something healthy to eat. And, you know, so, you know, some hotels maybe once a week will have a yoga thing on the roof, but I just think wellness hasn't been thought through enough. And I think there's solutions through technology or through the actual development of a property that, uh, that, that, that can be helpful. So if I was starting a wellness technology company in the hospitality space, what advice would you have for me to reach people like you in order to grow my install base? I mean, I think for the tech companies, it's really try to find a connection through somebody. And if you're going to just cold call, try to get in touch with ownership or even the companies investing in these properties versus just the operational people. Um, and I, I just think the traditional operators are not always looking to do things that are risky or, to be honest, give them more work <laughs> or complicate their job Yeah, <laughs> um, because they're not necessarily incentivized on how profitable a business is always. And or they're not always thinking five years ahead and 10 years ahead. They're kind of their jobs to operate a hotel and meet budget that month. And if anything, that's a distraction to that. It's not really important. So, um, you know, I think it's, I would get, try to get in touch with ownership where the company's investing. Uh, you know, if, if I got a call from my investor saying, Hey, I heard about this new technology, uh, you know, I, I would want, I want you to speak to them, hear what they're doing, let us know what you think. I'm way more likely to, uh, engage and talk to them. Yeah, it's definitely a tricky problem where you might want a GM to refer upwards or a C-suite type to refer downwards and identifying the right buyer is always a tricky predicament. So thanks for the insights there. Roy, I know you're really busy. So thank you again for taking the time to chat with us today. It's been really helpful to hear your approach to scaling technology and looking for opportunities within the hotel industry. Look forward to catching up soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you for having me.